You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile entrepreneurs as they hustle their way to the top. Today's guest is Ivan Raiklin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Carlos Gill. Los. Yo, yo, what's going on to all you hustlers out there? So good to be back here with all of you. We've got an awesome guest that's going to be joining us here in Mr. Ivan Raiklin. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone that has downloaded the podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for the reviews. You guys out there are amazing. Keep them coming. We're also on Twitter at Bring the Hustle as well as on Facebook. So thank you. And Ivan, who we're about to bring on as our guest on this episode, I feel like I've been living with him for the last two weeks. He's been <laughs> out here in the Bay Area for the last couple of weeks. We've been hanging out. We were at a couple of events together. We went to the Blab meetup this past Saturday. So with no further ado, welcome to the Hustle Culture podcast, Ivan. Boom. Carlos, Tayo. Awesome. Uh, it's good to see you guys again. It's been a minute for Tayo and I. We haven't seen each other face-to-face since the uh, was it PodCon conference, Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. And Carlos, what has it been, like 48 hours maybe since the last time I saw you? About 1 a.m. in the morning on sa- Saturday night. Oh, no, it wasn't that late that night, but the previous week it was. <laughs> there, was a lot, there was a lot of late nights. Anytime you hang out with Ivan, make sure that you're fully caffeinated because it's going to be a late night. That or he might ask you to record a podcast with him in the backseat of his car, which I think I think we should use that to kick off this episode. How Tayo and Ivan met each other, because I think it's just a remarkable story. I think Tayo says it better than I do. <laughs> you want to start, Tayo? Yes. No, Ivan, I mean, if, if you remember, if you guys listened to the podcast last week, you heard about I, my me profiling Ivan about, you know, just giving him the hustler shout out because he just convinced me to record my other podcast with him. And I was so intrigued and enamored by this guy and his energy. So I was like, we got to get more of him. And I got to introduce him to the world because I'm telling you, man, this guy is on his way to taking over the world. But instead of me just doing all talking, what about, why don't you tell us your hustler's journey? Tell us how you got started. Tell us the the beginning and the birth of Mr. Raiklin, and then we can go on. All from right, there. so we'll, yeah, once we get to the point where we're sitting in the back of my car, then we'll you'll jump in. All right, so <laughs> all right, here we go. So my name is Ivan Raiklin, and I'm an angel investor, startup advisor, and a sharing economy entrepreneur. So here's my story. Basically, I've been in the government space doing my military thing, and the ops tempo has been pretty high. Where I've been working a job uh, within the military, 80 hours a week deployed, doing training. So I've been fully engaged in that. But I still, in my spare time, I was still trying to find out information about entrepreneurship, hustling, you know, and uh, also tech and the startup scene. <clears throat> so it wasn't until in this, like, springtime that I was in a position where I was sitting in a cush 40-hour-a-week uh, job, which allowed me 60 hours a week to d- literally dabble and play with everything else, where I started researching, learning about entrepreneurship, listening to podcasts, really getting deep diving into different podcasts. And now I subscribe to about over a hundred of them and listen to them regularly. So I started to uh, really deep dive, try and figure out who the people that I want to engage with at uh, within that space in order to be able to launch my own podcast. So as I was out, you know, trying to figure out what topic I do it on, I, I started going to different pitch competitions, getting more in, in depth and in knowing about the startup community on the East Coast, going to New York Tech Day, going to 1776 Global Pitch Competition here in D.C., going to Chicago Tech Week, you know, all these different events, and then also to Podcast Movement, which was in August of this year. So I go down there and I'm um, I figured it out. You know, I got enough information. I have enough knowledge. I went down there to really fill that knowledge void that I had in terms of starting my podcast. And then as I was about to launch my podcast, I started dabbling with Periscope and Meerkat and Brian Fanzo, who both of you guys know. I'm sure. I mean, I know Carlos does. You you know who he is, right, Tyle? Yeah. yeah. Brian Fanzo. I jumped on his Periscope or Meerkat, and I look in the background, and, and he's he's talking on something that there's four screens in the background. I'm th- I ask him real quick in a chat. I'm like, Brian, wh- what the hell is that? 
And he says, oh, that's a new live streaming <laughs> platform called Blab. And I was like, all right, click, see ya. I'm never going back. So I immediately went on Blab, started hosting some shows about what? Uh, I'm doing 10 a week now. And it's wow. all different types of uh, content, five different languages, like five different topics. And so I'm just uh, basically using Blab as my platform for the business. You're asking me like how the business started. So basically it's, a, it's an entire funnel where I go to different conferences, determine who I want to learn more about uh, in terms of uh, these startup founders, then bringing them on my shows. So for example, Sunday nights, I got Startup Mastermind. Monday, I got Where Nothing Is Foreign. We talk about international relations and I want Tayo on there again as well. Uh, Tuesdays, DC Tech. I just did it earlier tonight. Wednesday, Sharing Economy and Thursday, Blab Lawyers, where we talk about legal tech issues. So as I'm going around these startup conferences, I identify companies that are in one of those verticals and basically say, you know what, I want, I would like to have you as a, as a guest so that I can learn more about your company. And then if they're doing something that's really interesting that I'm excited about and that I have a, a quite a bit of knowledge in, then we go usually the next step where I'll try to engage with them at, as an advisor or take, a, you know, take an equity stake in the company, et cetera. Because these are real early stage, pre-seed, bootstrapped uh, companies that are really looking for somebody to partner up with. And uh, I'm that guy. Yeah. You know what's interesting about you, you, Ivan? So as I'm listening to your story, you hear wow from Carlos when you say you, you subscribe to over 100 podcasts. You hear wow again from men when you say 10, 10 podcasts, uh, 10 blab shows a week. And, you know, I've already gone through this process. And the immediate follow-up question to that is, how on earth do you do that? You crazy you must man. <laughs> so that, how, how on earth do you do that? What, what system do you do? How do you consume all that content? And how do you use that to, to channel your... Well, I, I want to interject before before you answer that. Also, Ivan, how do you earn a living while balancing 10 different podcasts? Right. So like I said, I have a 40-hour week job, which uh, pays very well. I'm comfortable. That definitely provides for myself and my family. And that gives me a lot of runway to essentially start out my platform and grow the audience that then is slowly now starting to monetize. So that's basically the monetary aspect of it. Okay. And um, the consumption strategy you have, I know. Yeah, real quick on that note. So I I consider myself a life hacker. You've heard of Tim Ferriss. Uh, He's got some good content. Uh, Carlos, we've already talked about this a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I I look up to him in in certain ways, but he's got – He's got good content out there, but I think I've, I've, uh, I've scaled up from what he's actually produced because I've identified different things that are, are able to make your life more efficient. I mean, first thing and foremost, you got to be physically healthy. I know, Tayo, you, you, you did a little Snapchat. I think it was a little video post on Facebook. You're all into exercising, right? So the key thing is you got to put your eight hours of sleep in a day. Uh, you got to put in your exercise. That should be the priority number two or tied with like a, a good diet. And then once you have that in place – you can totally dominate in everything else. And the way you dominate in everything else uh, the rest of the day is you got to literally figure out and audit every single second that you're using throughout the day to determine if it's at its most efficient level based on current technologies. And, the, and also, since I always engage with these new tech companies, I'm always finding out something new that could potentially be used in my holistic lifestyle to make myself more efficient. So one thing that comes, I'll give you three hacks that I'm using big time. And you know about some of these. Voxer is the most efficient way to communicate with anybody right now on the planet. If I'm going to take you on as an advisory role or if I'm going to invest in you as a company, you have to be on Voxer. That's how I'm going to communicate with you. If you don't want to get on Voxer, well, I'm sorry. I'm not your guy. And tell us a little bit more about what is Voxer. (laughs) All right, so for Fox, those folks are listening right now that aren't familiar with, with the platform. Yeah, absolutely. Let me pull out my phone and actually I'll show what it is. So my virtual assistant, which is uh, just recently I hired a full-time virtual assistant this past week. The way I communicate, communicate with them is as such. I'll give you an example. So I put up, pull up the app. I don't know if you can see it. It might be too uh, – let's see here. It's V-O-X-E-R right there in the middle. They just okay. the app. So on the, we're looking at the iTunes yeah. store, iPhone, there, yeah. Boxer. So you go on there, take Slack, and 10 exit in terms of efficiency. So most people are familiar with Slack. So with this platform, I don't have to text. I don't have to be like texting. Now I can if I want to. But here is how I task out my 
virtual assistant. I click on one button because I have a list of individuals or groups that I deal with. So Piazza, the Piazza team, one of the startups I invest in. Another like the startup mastermind group that I have. You can't see it. But it's a list of different groups or individuals. I click on my right. virtual assistant right there in the middle. And then I say, hey, Mark, go ahead and create a lead magnet based on the three things that I'm about to discuss in this blab. Go ahead and go back at minute whatever, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes in. 20 minutes in and listen to it and then create a lead magnet of the three things I'm about to talk about. Thank you. There you go. I just tasked him out. He knows what's going on and then he's going to execute on it at the end of this pot, uh, at the end of this blab, right? Isn't that That's a little bit more awesome. efficient yeah. than actually texting? I think so. If you know, so it's, something, it's almost like Siri, but sending that message to a real person. Yes. Audio. So you hear the inflection yeah. of the voice, you yeah. hear my sarcasm, you don't have to deal with the autocorrect and then going back and all this other stuff. There's, it's just seamless, right? And it's like a walkie-talkie. Gotcha. So he gotcha. could have listened to it live if his app was open. It would have just automatically played for him or he can go back to it. And then the beauty of it too is that because I'm a life hacker, right? When I play somebody else's audio back, let me play something here. Uh, Sean Matthews, CEO of, uh, uh, of Swagbot. He sends me a message and it's like I'm a minute and a half long. I'm like, I don't have a minute and a half to listen to that. That's all right. So I play it at 4X. You can do 1X right here, 2X, 3X, 4X. So if they have a 4X option, I'm going to listen to it at 4X. If there was a 5X option, I'd listen to it at 5X, etc. So that's how you life hack that. That's one. So you, yeah, next one. What's all right, next one? two. You got to consume audio efficiently, right? We talked about the podcast. So podcasting, if you're using an iPhone, the app that I would recommend using uh, right now is called Overcast. Tim Ferriss just found out about it a couple months ago. I've been using it for probably about 18 months or so. Uh, basically, what I was trying to do is 18 months ago, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Audio at 1x is too slow. There's programs out there at 2x, which is okay. But at the end of the day, a lot of podcasts that I listen to, like for example, when we're talking right now and I breathe in, there's no content for that one second or that quarter second or the two seconds that I'm thinking. Well, why do you as a listener have to listen to that? You don't want to, you're, wa you're wasting time by just listening to Airspace. What Overcast does, which is what I wanted to create, but I, I found that company through trying to figure out if anybody else did it, is it deletes that air gap and compresses it as you're playing it. So not only are you able to listen to it at 2X, but you can do, uh, what, what's the feature called? I'll try to think of the, I'll pull it up right now and tell you what that feature is on the platform overcast right and it's called smart basically, basically time smart is money speed. and you have no time to waste hearing others breathe i love exactly. it exactly so smart speed allows you to compress it and then so two and then it can be up to two and a half to three x uh in the in the its whole totality of you listen to a podcast so if you're listening to an hour-long podcast at three x well that's 20 minutes <laughs> i mean that's a huge difference right so that's how i can right. consume and, and I mean, I subscribe to over 100 podcasts, right? So that's literally like listening to 25, like 30, like 30 podcasts, right? Which is you know, somewhat doable, right? Gotcha. But right. there's a right. new one. Right. And you saw it when they're at the podcasting conference. There's an individual. I don't know. Oh, I don't I think you were there. So an individual that was there. Yeah, I was there. Where is this? What's my other I'm phone? really curious to know, Ivan, how long with that, with that app that you use, how long does it take for you to listen to an hour podcast if you're speeding up the audio? So if I'm speeding up the audio, it depends. It'll be two and a half to three times the, the normal speed. And if it's like a news broadcast, it'll be faster because if it's a news broadcast about a topic that I don't like, I have it set up so that I auto forward 30 or 45 seconds. So then I'm just skipping right there. So Got usually it. if I'm listening to, I'm a news junkie. So, and uh, one of the things I listen to is like NBC nightly news, ABC, like all the major news programs. And even though it's right. 30 minutes, if you watch it live, well, delete the commercials. That brings it down to 20 to 21 minutes. And then three exit, that brings it down to seven minutes. And then if you're skipping a, a story or two, it ends up being about a four-minute to five-minute broadcast, right? So literally five minutes, you're crushing a 30-minute show. Now, does it affect the pitch of the voice? Well, let's listen. 
thing about he just jumped in the room. So my hustler that I want to spotlight for this week is none other than the man. So that's normal speed, and here's the fastest speed. Also, which is the sales guy, he's a world-renowned sales trainer, and this guy's always bringing energy, always bringing fire, bringing the hustle to sales. I want to get him here on the show. I don't want to make that happen, but he reached out to me earlier. We can also actually process what I am saying at talking at three x, and it's too slow for me, and that's why I ended up getting. Well, yeah, that's why I ended up getting the Note 5 because it's an Android device, the fastest one currently, which is this one right here. And there's a new – there's a podcasting app called uh, – what is it? Podcast – it's not Podcast Maniac. It's something along those lines though. Let me pull it up right now. It is called – yeah, here we go. Podcast Addict. And that app is the first app that allows you – without loss of audio to listen up to 5x. Now I haven't I haven't worked myself up to 5x yet, so I'm amateur hour in that in that regard. I'm up to 4. And that definitely crushes the audio content consumption, which allows me to have quite a bit of stuff in my head to be able to then produce valuable content. So no, I mean it sounds like it sounds like anything is, you know, people said the 4 minute mile wasn't possible before. You know, 3x to us sounded very, very fast, but you obviously you worked your yes. way up. So you you work your way up and you build your tolerance towards that, Absolutely. and then you consume podcasts that way. So oh. what about the third one? <laughs> exactly. Boom. So you got Voxer, you got Overcast, and now what's the third All one? All right. So the third you one third life app. I would say is I mean, magazines and books are still a good tool to consume information. And granted, <laughs> we talked about right. I mean, there's still quite a bit of value to be had. You know, you have zero to one written by Peter Thiel, a lot of content and a lot of value. I mean, you have a lot of these, right, right. you know, uh, startup books, entrepreneurship, Gary Vee's books. So what I end up using for that is Overdrive. I'm sure. Have you guys heard of that? Mm-hmm. I have not. Tell, mm-hmm. tell, our, tell our listeners uh, what is Overdrive. All right. So this is kind of like a double, triple hack on this one I'm going to talk about. So overdrive, here you go. I'm giving you everything, all the goods, baby, because I love you guys. So, <laughs> but I got other ones. <laughs> so overdrive it is an app on the iPhone and on the Android. That's, it goes by the name overdrive. It's got a big O. I think I can pull that up as well. And what that, what that app does is allows you to, you know, pull down uh, books from your local library. So imagine instead of going to your library, you can check out books electronically. That one saves time traveling to pick up the book and dropping it off afterwards. So you can download it anywhere you are on the planet. So the big thing here is you're consuming content and you're consuming it for free because your taxpayer dollars are paying for that digital content by having, you know, by paying for the existence of that library and the library creates that relationship with the distributor or publisher to purchase the digital rights for those. So it's a legal way to consume uh, free content, free books. So what you end up doing wow. is you do it like me, and again, you 11x it because 10x is a little too slow for me. That's kind of idling, Grant, you know, because Grant Cardone does 10x, so I got to one-up him, right? And so at 11x at least, you got to incorporate at least 11 libraries into your library profile in OverDrive. So I have New York Public, which is the largest public library in, in the world where you can actually check out books. Brooklyn, Queens Public Library, and then all the D.C. area counties, D.C. Public, you know, Arlington, Alexandria, Falls Church, Montgomery County, et cetera. And then the Southern Maryland, all the ones that I'm eligible to get access to based on my you know, living in Northern Virginia, I'm a member and have a library card of all those counties. And the reason why I do is because every county has a different uh, pool or a body of books that they purchase, right? Well, so then you incorporate all those, and then on top of that, you end up using the iPhone feature, which is called VoiceOver. Max out the speed that VoiceOver reads the text that you have in your book. At it ends up being probably closer to four X based on they don't even say what it is, but I'm, I got a sense that based on all my listening of a different audio high speeds, it's four X. And so I literally can consume a two hundred and say fifteen page book, which is like an average size of a book of a newer book in about two and a half hours. So two nice, and a half hours nice, comes nice, down to, nice. for most people, commute to work, back from work, and then your workout. There you have it. You can literally consume one book a day. 
And after two weeks, you're literally a subject matter expert in anything you want to be a subject matter expert. Awesome. In. Well, those, those are really helpful. Three hustle hacks. We really appreciate it, Ivan. So moving on, you know, you had mentioned you're pretty new to, to the game, right? You're going to yeah, all these different podcast new. conferences. You're getting involved in the whole social media scene. Tell us who are some of the folks that you've met so far that have, you know, for lack of a better term, really swept you off your feet. You know, who's impressed you, who you feel is doing really big things and going to really far places. Hmm. Pause. <laughs> not, not a lot of people no, impress no, no, you. No. Right. That sounds cocky. <laughs> I would say the ones that are doing really well uh, in my book that I consume all of their content pretty much are uh, Mark Andreessen with, his, uh, with, with what he's doing with A16Z, that podcast, uh, Andreessen Horowitz. It gives you a really big picture, big level of what's going on in, in the venture capital mm -hmm. world. And if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's PMarca, at mm -hmm. P-M-A-R-C-A. He's definitely one to – I mean, he pretty much knows the whole show on venture capital in Silicon Valley. Another person that I would say, and we already mentioned him, was uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss. They're doing great work. And I have actually uh, – within Overcast – I have what's called a category called near peers, right? Okay. I'll click on there. Right. And my near peers list is the Ask Gary V Show, A16Z, Pat Flynn with his Ask Pat podcast, Jason Calacanis, who I met, I hung out pretty much all the last week. It was uh, this week in startups. He's a big angel investor, literally a super angel investor in a startup incubator slash advisor out West Coast. Tim Ferriss, we mentioned, and then I, I really like what uh, Chris Ducker's doing. I'm again, I met him last night up in Philly. I'm part of his uh, mastermind group, Upreneur, and I just, to be honest, it's the energy that these guys bring. And a couple other ones that are on my radar now are you two guys, all right, <laughs> Carlos Gill <laughs> and Tyo Roxon. And a third one that caught my eye was uh, Anthony Manaya, young kid, but yeah, he's he's got huge potential. I really like. We had him on. We had yeah, him on yeah, as the second that. guest of the show. He's not. He needs a little. He's going to round out a little bit, and that kid's going to blow up. Uh, I was going to say, which if you subscribe on iTunes to the Hustle Culture Podcast, boom, perfect. Time. Then you can go ahead and listen to Anthony on episode number two. So I had to go ahead and get that plug in there. So you know, Ivan, you know, moving on here, I'm, I'm going to summarize your LinkedIn profile because I'm looking at it right now. You have on here that you're a collaborative economy entrepreneur, angel investor, startup advisor. You have a law degree. Um, you're a former Green Beret, blabber, and podcast maniac, which you alluded to before. But, you know, talk to us and talk to the listeners out there about, you know, going through the climb, right? What obstacles have you had to overcome throughout your life and your career to get to where you're at today? Mm, going through the climb. Well, I'll start off. I, my parents are immigrants from the former Soviet Union. And, you know, growing up, I spoke Russian. So you had the, the bicultural aspect. So I was a little bit out of place everywhere I went. As far as the – that's kind of like contextually my personal background. As far as going through the climb in, in the uh, business sense or – is that what you're kind of referring to? Yeah, business and personal. Personal, personal. personal. Every, everyone that has come on the show so far, they have a very interesting backstory. I think that's a tribute to – you know, there is no overnight success. I think we say that on every single episode. And there's always a backstory behind the hustler. So we really want to know what is your backstory? I know from you and I meeting each other, you talked to me about your background in, in the military and you know, you're doing some really cool things now. You've got that, that legal degree. So where exactly did your humble beginnings start? They're still humble. What are you talking about? <laughs> so the humble <laughs> beginning started with, uh, I don't know. I just, I would say that a real pivotal moment in my life was I was 18 years old or 17 actually. And I got the opportunity to travel to Russia for the first time or overseas for the first time. Mm. And there I saw – this was the mid-90s in St. Petersburg, Russia. And we go from abundance in the United States over there. It was like literally gangland over there. Mm. Uh, people are starving just you know, immediately after the Soviet Union collapses. And I saw how, like, how much opportunity we have here in the States. And over mm -hmm. there, literally people are just basically trying to hustle to get a, a loaf of bread to put on the table. 
And then you have alcoholics on the street pretty much dying off. And so I saw that and I thought, you know what? I'm totally underutilizing the opportunity that I have when I, you know, back in the States. Because I was pretty much a C student in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't really focus on great, you know, getting good grades and, and focusing in on school. But that really switched my mindset. And then when I came back to the States, I started really studying hard, you know, getting good grades. And then just trying to basically be, you know, it sounds corny, but like a role model, essentially, right? In terms of being able to execute in a way that other people can look at and say, you know what, that's, you know, that's commendable or uh, not look up to, but like appreciate. So <laughs> that's really probably the trigger point that I can think of. And then since then, you know, went to college, did the law degree. And then after that, went to, did, did the military thing, went, you know, went for the most selective opportunities available, you know, uh, into special forces and then other things after that. You know, now, 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 this is so interesting. <laughs> and then, you, know, you know why? It's very, it's very interesting you got this diverse background, but I want you to, to tell me through your vantage point, through all these careers you've had, what do you think is the biggest problem that entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs face? And what do you think they can do to, to get through that? And my opinion, I think there's a mindset wall that people have and they feel like they can't get there. But I know you have a philosophy of going deep and going wide. And you and I have talked about that for a little bit, but maybe you should, maybe you can elaborate on that to Carlos and the rest of the audience, because I think it's really interesting. It's very ambitious, but I think it's really interesting. What you think? Right, about so, yeah, you basically hit two points there. So the first thing is, what a budding entrepreneur uh, usually stumbles upon, or what the what the issues are with the budding entrepreneur. I think the biggest thing is uh, apprehension for success. A lot of times, people have confidence and the education to be able to do something. Actually, they have the education to do it and the drive to do it, but they lack the confidence to do it. Instead of just jumping in, for example, what did I do with my blabs? And they're probably, they're still horrible, right? So I go in there and all I do is just, you know what, this is my platform, this is gonna be my baby, and I'm just gonna execute. I have no clue how to upload to YouTube, I have no clue how to do iTunes, I mean, that's all gonna work itself out. Just start producing, push yourself to be able to then go to the next level. Because if you don't start, you're like a lot of people are starting to plan. You know what? Oh, I still haven't come up with my strategic plan. How I'm going to monetize this and that? Just go. I mean, things are going to fall into place. And the more you do it, the more feedback that you have by doing it this way, the faster you're going to become successful. I mean, great example like John Lee Dumas. I'm sure all of us podcasters know him. You just yeah. jump in. Now, his his quote is "Fake it till you make it." Right? Yeah. Well, literally, to be honest. Uh, I, I could say I was faking it from, you know, February when I started studying until, uh, to be honest, I think my tipping point was this last couple of weeks going to San Francisco because I feel like I can engage with anybody at this point, right? <laughs> I, 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 pause, 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 pause. You just started getting on social media in February. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. A little later, but I started studying about it in February. I mean, I had accounts, but I really started engaging probably about two, three months ago. That's ridiculous because now you're everywhere. And then, <laughs> okay. and, then, and then the real MBA comes, right? When you come out here to the Bay Area and you're in Silicon Valley and you're networking and bouncing from event to event and startup like you have over the last couple of weeks. All right, let me answer the MBA question. Then we'll go to wide and deep real quick, Ty. So MBA, I, I, talk, I talk to people how like, why do you want to spend $100,000, $200,000 on an MBA when you, you have it right here in your phone? You can mm -hmm. access an MBA literally from right here. How did I do it? You know, doing it at 3X, whatever, uh, listening to literally every single po uh, episode of John Lee Dumas's show and curating that will give you sufficient information on what you need in order to be able to be a successful entrepreneur because he interviews, you know, he's interviewed almost 1,100 entrepreneurs. And so why not just take that and figure out which one, two, three, or 10 are kind of in the space that you're passionate about and model after them and just start executing because that's the way to do it. I mean, watch other people that have done it that have been successful and just take it and run, run with it, you know, and then right. do better than what they're doing. So wide and deep. So I'm glad you're asking the question now because I think the context has been set to, I think, hopefully convince people that it's doable. You know, Gary Vee talks about he's, he wants to be deep with his community. He doesn't think, you know, most people are trying to be wide by getting a whole slew of followers, right? I mean, I see here we got 13 people. Uh, other than us, that's 10. That's huge. I mean, that's 10 people. But most people will look at that as like, oh, whatever. But the people that are in here are much more engaging. They're leaders because they're, 
they're not afraid to be behind the scenes of the text, right? So right. wide and deep. The way to be deep is to you yourself study, 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 and know subjects very like much deeper than the preponderance of your listeners. I feel comfortable in saying, based on all my life hacks, that in each one of my episodes, I know more about the subject than the preponderance of my listeners because I put in the time. I put in efficient use of time to know the subject matter, right? And then as far as, uh, that's the depth piece. And as far as wide, uh, I mean, I go to conferences, I engage face-to-face. -face. This platform right here allows you to more efficiently engage with larger amounts of people Whereas before you had to go to a conference, you know, 30 minutes, four hour flight, five hour flight, mm -hmm. plus a taxi cab ride, and you're not engaging with anybody. Today's technology like this, Blab, allows you to go deep and wide. And think of like, I don't know if I was telling, talking to you about this, Carlos, but if you're taking an Uber, if like if you need to get somewhere mm -hmm. and you're not using Uber pool, you just miss an opportunity to engage with somebody at, at depth that's riding with you for Absolutely. 10, 15 minutes that's probably somebody that you can help and vice versa and then help grow your business. So every time I'm in a city that has Uber pool or Lyft line, that's the only way I'm going to do it. Well, I, to I told you how I landed my job at LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Yeah. That Uber pool today. is where it's at. Leave, <laughs> I, I call it leave no stone unturned. Because you got to get there, right? That, <laughs> yeah, it's a mantra that I have practiced for years as long as I can remember now. If someone wants to meet up with you for coffee, meet that person for coffee. If they want to meet with you for lunch, if they want five minutes of your time, meet up with them because you never know when someone on the other side of that door might hold the keys to your success. And again, to your point with Uber Pool, why the hell not? You know, it's cheaper and you're going to have an opportunity to sit in a car and talk with someone that might be super connected. Right. And that actually is a great lead in into the story of not missing an opportunity to meet somebody in the parking lot of Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. <laughs> so there you yeah, have it. Here, you know, let yeah. me put some props up because I, I thought <laughs> that we might be talking about this. Remember this? Yeah, no. For those of you that don't know the story, it's, I, I, if, if, you, if you can catch the, the, the last episode, the one with uh, Matt Chambers, he basically cornered me uh, at a podcast and co uh, conference, and we did a, a podcast interview with those two iPhones that you see on there. <laughs> and on iTunes, if you're listening, he told me, when am I going to be coming on your show? And he basically convinced me that he was a great guest. And then from then on, you know, we started recording the podcast and we did it in the back seat of his car. But that was straight hustling. But staying on this point here, I wanted uh, you, you talked about taking advantage of your community, using pool, and hustling the conferences and taking advantage of those conferences. Can you elaborate on, on the conference point and then give maybe two more points to, to first-time entrepreneurs as to what they need to do initially to build these relationships? All right, biggest thing is, so here's what I do at conferences in preparation for them. Identify the conferences of where you think you want to, like, figure out what community you want to be a part of that you're at. Mm -hmm. But you got to make sure you figure out first what you're passionate about. And that business needs to be somehow, it needs to overlap with what you're passionate about. Once you figure out what you're passionate about, figure out mm -hmm. what other people that are out there uh, on the Internet through social media are also passionate about the same subject. And then go after the big names. Right that already established themselves and then try to figure out, excuse me, how to uh, bring them value. So jump onto the Twitter, jump onto, you know, Facebook, whatever, whatever that person's using, start jumping on and bringing them value. And then once you get to the conference point, try to figure out who those people at the conference you want to meet. Now, if there's a bunch of speakers, uh, keynotes and attendees that are going to be there that you want to meet, prioritize it. Go down the list of who you want to engage first, second, third. I mean, just go down the list and then make that list mm -hmm. and then determine, you know, what you have in common with that individual. And then also what you can, mm -hmm. you, what you know that could potentially benefit that person that they might, may not know about. And they're going to, you're going to get on their radar immediately. Once you jump in and say, Hey, my name is Ivan Raikland, uh, like Grant Cardone. He was on the top of my list when I went to Periscope Summit. Granted, he's a busy man. You got to differentiate yourself. So my first thing that I said to him was like, hey, Grant, you know, we talked on Blab one time. You don't remember me because you can talk to a lot of people. However, you're going to be seeing a lot of me. Good to meet you. And then I rolled out, right? He's like, well, who the hell is this guy? You got to differentiate yourself depending on the level of the individual that you're talking with. And then other folks, uh, right? So uh -huh. 
study the, the individuals yeah. you want to engage with, figure out how to bring them value, and then the rest will follow. That's how I was able to get into VIP pass tickets with Jason Calacanis based on a 10-second uh, conversation that I had with him. Tell, tell. So you, you just went up to him and said, yeah, I was going to say, I think you might have shared when, when we were together uh, here in San Francisco, you might have shared your methodology, Ivan. So why don't you, why don't you divulge it to all these hustlers out here that want to know how to work an event? So Who you should you, go to and what you should say upon your arrival? <laughs> It's going to be specific to the individual that you're trying to develop a relationship with. But uh, let's see here. One thing that I would say is if there's an event with a lot of people and you want to engage with somebody, don't be afraid. It's like everybody else is going to be afraid. There's only going to be out of the thousand people that are at the conference, maybe say 50 people are going to be bold enough to go up after that A-lister. So of those 50, you literally just weeded out 950 people. So go up there and engage with them. But the thing is, you got to, you know, you're trying to create a relationship. Just like uh, Gary Vee's told this many times in his keynotes, right? The first time you engage with someone, just like on a date, you just don't go, you know, you don't go after the end state. It's a, it's a process. But at the same time, you can expedite that process by looking, you know, doing some self-reflection, figuring out what you bring to the table. So say for your, you know, I have a military background. I have things that you know I know about and may have access to to provide tours or whatever uh, that norm, most people don't, and especially in the startup scene. So I have a little uh, differentiator there. So you can offer something that may be something special to them that they normally don't get pitched or offered that could be considered valuable to them. So that's essentially what I did, and that was out of my respect towards him, Jason, because I've consumed so much of his content, learned so much from him. And it's literally just my way of saying, hey, man, I appreciate what you've been doing. Here's my way of giving back what I can give because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, his net worth is immensely more than, than mine. So there's nothing I could do other than maybe a gesture that he would consider as something valuable that he would normally right. not have an opportunity to um, yeah, yeah. You see, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna share I'm gonna share with all of you hustlers out there. You know my my tips. You know I am while I come across as very much extroverted on platforms like Blab and on social media, I am very much an introvert. I'm an only child, and I'm honestly a very shy person. So I will never walk into a room. I'll never be the guy that just walks into a conference and just starts shaking hands and introducing myself to people. Typically, I'll be in the back of the room. I'll be to the side, and I'll you know observe very much, but What's really worked for me, and I'd love to know, Ivan and, and, and Tyle, you know, from you guys, you know, a little bit more, but what's really worked for me is before an event, I will go online and see who's going to be speaking there. And I will try to engage through social media with one or two of the speakers beforehand. And what's great is with Twitter, you can go on, you can run a search and see who's talking about the event. So if you can see that there's someone that's perhaps not speaking but attending, you can start engaging in dialogue with them ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. Fist bumps right back at you. And that's perfect because now it gets you on their radar and you can start building this dialogue. So by the time you get there, it's like, you know, hey, Ivan, hey, Tyler, like, what's up? Great to meet you. Like, you've already made a friend by the time you get there. At the conference. The the other thing, and and again, like, you got to use social media to your advantage. I was at a conference, um, what was it, two or three weeks ago, it was a brand conference. And this really high-profile executive from Visa, Shiv Singh, was speaking there. Well, I've followed Shiv since he was at PepsiCo. And as soon as he was done speaking, I walked right up to him. And I was like, hey, Shiv, I've been you know, following you since your days at PepsiCo. I love the work that you did there, and I love what you're doing at Visa. And like, boom, it was like right away I broke the ice because I was able to make that connection. And it showed him that I did a little bit of due diligence on him. And I think like that's, that's what I'm trying to get at is like when you approach people, know exactly, have a strategy of, around who they are. And what you're going to say to them, don't just walk up and be like, hey, I follow you on Twitter or, you know, hey, that was a great, a, a great speech and not really be able to follow it up with, you know, your clothes or your jab, if you will. Right. Absolutely. No, Go ahead. No, I, it, that's correct. That's correct. And, and one of the biggest conference, one of the conferences that I've, that I've, I've been to that changed my complete outlook. Uh, was one I went to a millennial conference, as you all know. Uh, you know, I am the youngest here, but uh, <laughs> it was it was full of millennial entrepreneurs and put on by millennials. And one of the interesting things was before the conference happened, we, I, you know, I, you know, made a list of I saw a list of the other speakers, 
and I started interacting with them because I was, I was one of the speakers there as well. And we started like, Hey, you know, I see that you do this. Love that you do that. We should meet up over there. We should grab lunch. And then we started building this relationship. By the time we got there, it was like, Whoa, I was just talking to you the other day. And it made the conversation so much easier. And we were able to actually to vibe more and engage more with the audience. But I, you know, that was the first time I'd ever tried that before, because before I went to conferences, I was sort of enamored by, ah, oh, I got to reach that speaker. And I wasn't focused on building that engagement. That's the great thing that you did, Ivan, at the conference, because you were like, this conference is going to be recorded. I'll catch it. But I want to build relationships with people here. And that's what you told me. And I've, that's always stuck with me. And I've never really looked yes, at a conference. Yes, absolutely. That so if, if there's a conference where exactly. literally it's just going to be one speaker talking to the crowd, it's not going to be an engaging sort of discussion, and it's going to be recorded, why are you going to sit through that when you can listen into it, listen to it like me at two or three X and use the opportunity instead of sitting amongst the crowd, engaging with the vendors, creating that network. I mean, that's what I did at podcast movement. Who did I meet at podcast movement during the time that there, everybody else was in there listening to a speaker. I, I met the PodClear team, which was just mm -hmm. the entire team, Spencer, Hannah, and Josh, who just, who were just acquired by blab. And I just was able to hang out with them out there and just like those little micro relationships is where you're able to really snowball on what you're trying to do with your own, with your own business because you start to know everybody instead of just sitting there as a lemming amongst the masses. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, okay, so you're an angel investor. What type of businesses, if anyone is listening right now, are you looking to invest in? I know it's very early stage stuff, but – which type of businesses are you looking to get into involved in? And um, uh, you, I know you, you, you described your combination as a um, Gary Vaynerchuk meets Tim Ferriss meets someone else. So I know you're, you're like this multi faceted individual. So I want to give the audience a picture of who they might be uh, looking to when they, you know, potentially get an investment for you. Yeah, sure. So the two main spaces that, that I am interested in that I'm most passionate about is the collaborative economy, which Jeremiah Oyang talks about. He was just on uh, uh, Joel Combs show or a little earlier today. And what that really is, is the sharing economy, shared economy. I mean, your Ubers, your Airbnbs, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about now companies that are brand new at pre-seed that are bootstrapping that are literally come up with a, a crazy idea that's, you know, most people are like, oh my God, that's never going to work. But in that space, and then also within legal tech, because legal tech is usually the last one. Uh, the legal community is usually the last one because they're extremely apprehensive to move in the direction of adopting technology. So those two are, are, are the ones that are most interested in. And one of the ones, so a company that I met at, uh, at launch, um, launch mobile last week, was a it's an uber for personal training now i already have a company in my portfolio that i advise that's in that space in chicago and but these guys are in la so we started talking and there's a potential for uh further engagement involvement of maybe aligning those two interests together it's still premature but like companies like that they're literally brand new that's more of a later stage company but i think there they saw that i had identified already in the sharing economy Companies that are similar to what they're doing at, in Baltimore, in New York, in D.C., in Chicago, that they could potentially partner up with. Because at the end of the day, everybody's doing these things simultaneously, and there's not enough room to have two, three players in the market. If they can all form together under one brand, then if you, wanna, if you want a personal trainer in Chicago or L.A. under the same brand, it's going to be easy for you. And that's where I was kind of like working with. And then as far as the legal tech – Tomorrow was it Thursday? Oh, tomorrow mm -hmm. night on my show, Sharing Economy. I'm gonna have, I think, I gotta finalize the details. A CEO of a company that essentially is in the, it's in the sharing economy, and what she does is allows people to use underutilized kitchen space. Now, I don't think there's much money to be made off of it, and lot, but it's still an interesting play. So, say for example, you have a restaurant that closes down at 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And you have somebody that wants to cater a huge event and wants to use that kitchen because it's the closest kitchen available to cater an event that they don't have access to. There may be an interesting play where you can use that kitchen for whatever, two, three, six hours. That's not being used. It brings money to the restaurant. And then it also is cheaper than actually, I don't know, renting. I don't even know how much something like that would cost to rent. So that's an interesting play. And then 
Thursday, another company that I met at LaunchScale was, excuse me, the it's an Uber for attorneys. Now, there are a couple other ones that I've already met, but this one has a little bit of interesting twist to it. So if you want to tune in, be my guest. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> did I answer the question? I think I did. You did. You did. You did. You did. You did. Because you gave us the, you know, I, I wanted to know what types of companies you were interested in. You told us about the sharing economy, which I know is something yeah, you're very totally. passionate about, right? And um, and you told us about that. And you also discussed kind of some of the, the companies you're already involved in. So that, yeah, that's amazing. I, I didn't know as much about the sharing economy. It's until I started booming. talking to you. So. Everyone uh, I got to I I give a shout outs to both of you before you say anything, Carlos. Tayo and Carlos, you thought that I remember you said I copied and pasted 100, 100 different people with the same request to uh, vote <laughs> for Piazza. It was actually only about three or four, I think it was. I don't remember. It wasn't 100. So I did copy and paste real quick, but then I followed up with a separate text message, which. <laughs> which you also copy and pasted, but it's all good. Gotta like, love the hustle, man. But wait, where are you at? Right there and right there. Hey, look, I, I look. You I, guys, I, hey, I look, wasn't I, knocking I'm, I'm not going to knock the hustle, man. I choice award, bro. Hey, look, in my day, in my day, bro, I'm giving you fist bumps right back. In, in my day, I emailed, spam, text, you name it. Everyone you can imagine. Hey, real talk. Just today, I invited all of my Facebook friends, all five thousand of them, to like our hustle culture Facebook page. So right now, I'm sure there's someone out there that's probably saying, wow, this Carlos Gill is really a spammer. I'm going to unfriend him, so no worries. But if you don't ask, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, speaking of that, speaking of, speaking of that, I just want to thank everyone that's coming on right now because I know, especially on the East Coast, it's, a little, it's, uh, it's late. But I also want to thank you for you know, enjoying uh, you know, and listening to, to Ivan because Ivan's the man. You've, you've seen a lot of comments on the set. On the side, they were like, that's effing smart, Ivan. Thank you for that app. Uh, you know, and th they really appreciate it. So I want to thank you all for the engagement. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we're going to um, keep jamming. Yeah, we got we about really 15 minutes it. left here so. on today's show. So, you know, thanks to everyone that's watching us on Blab and listening to us on iTunes, the Hustle Culture Podcast. And for those of you watching us here on Blab, make sure that you subscribe, listen, and leave us a review. So moving on, you know, Ivan, you've mentioned a lot. You've done a lot of name dropping. On this episode, Gary V. Hey, got to Paris. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question. Let's name three people that you get your drive from that you haven't yet mentioned on the Hustle Culture podcast. Yeah. Oh, so wife and kids. I mean, that's what I. What else can I say? I got two little boys. I got a three year old, uh, five year old, and my wife. They're definitely, you know, I do my hustle obviously for making sure that they're they're, they're taken care of. And you're going to start seeing my older son with, uh, traveling with me because I, I got to make sure I mentor him properly uh, on being able to engage with other people and see what the rest of the world's about. Because entrepreneurship is, it's OJT, right? It's on the job. You can't really learn it quicker than actually doing it and, versus just going to school. I know that's a boring answer, but that's my answer. Right. No, Scott, you're the second person to say that. Last guest we had, so, Matt James talked about his fiance. Right, wife know, wife and kids, we'll count that as one. Part. We'll just say family. What? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, That's so two more people <laughs> that drive you the most and, oh, and, and just God. push you. And it could be anyone that inspires you. All right. So it'll be a general person. Basically, anybody that's dominating in their space is drives me. Because I basically want to push them to be better so that I have another person to compete with, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're continuing to push me, then we just keep, basically, we keep rising above the rest. So if I can find folks like you guys, Tayo and Carlos, and some other folks that I already name dropped, if, if I can push them to be better than what they currently are, those are the type of people that drive me. Because then they drive me. You know, Grant Cardone, right. 10X. Right. I got to go 11, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so one thing I've learned from you, I mean, I already knew that is you consume a lot of content and you do that because you want to learn. Um, and that's basically your way, you know, school of hard knocks. You are very competitive. So someone says, I can read three, three X or I can listen to podcast four X. You go, nah, next level. You know, that's the type of thing you're doing. So you're always driving, driving yourself. And I find that that's 
that's a good trait for a hustler. Like the, the inner drive to always be better than mediocre, but not even just better than mediocre, to, to improve on your personal best. And I think that's something that you personify. So I think it's a it's a great reminder that you know there's always one level. Now don't get ahead, me wrong. No matter where I want to find people that are doing so, better than me, because then, like I said, it's going to push. So you can be better <laughs> than them. Well, not that sense, but like it pushes you, right? Just like competition. Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. And um, okay, so be- before we, you know, we're, we're getting towards the the uh, ra- wrapping up stage here. One of the questions that we all do. This is something that you and I both share. We're both passionate about culture and language and learning. Moi, je parle français. Toi, tu, you know, I, I, I don't know how to say. I don't know how to say anything in Russian. Nah, but see. you speak Russian. You speak oui. Spanish. Yeah. You speak English. You speak a lot of these things. I want you to tell the audience why you're so passionate about about language and culture in general. Why you feel like that helps round the person as a whole. You know, for me, French has helped me think differently, helped me make more friends. But you speak five, so I can't. I mean, you know how it is. I also and same thing with Carlos. I mean, come on, Cubano, pues. (laughs) We gotta talk about the Cuba thing before we finish this up, too. Absolutely, let's do it, man. (laughs) So, as far as culture, here here's my thing. The thing is like. You, you're able to uh, – me, anybody is able to connect with somebody else because we can speak the same language. Right now we're all speaking in English. And some, you know, some of the words that I'm drop, you know, dropping, names that I'm dropping are some, people, some uh, names and things that you can reference to, which automatically creates like rapport. I mean that, we created instant rapport essentially when I met with Carlos, when I met with you, Ty, right? Well, you can't right. do that if somebody doesn't understand right. English. You got to – either they have to learn English or you have to flip it and learn their language. So it doesn't have to be another foreign language. I mean, say, for example, you're talking to somebody uh, from an urban environment. You have to use different terminology for them to feel comfortable opening up to you, right? Because then they see, oh, this guy knows a little bit about my subculture mm-hmm. or my culture. You know, when I start throwing out some words in, you know, my Latino words or in Espanol, it's like, oh, man, this white boy knows a little bit of Spanish, you know? So, uh, but to wrap, thing all, wrap all everything up is... The fact that if you can communicate with someone where they feel comfortable talking to you, you, you establish mm-hmm. rapport, and then you start establishing trust after a few, you know, right. after you're developing that relationship. And after you develop that relationship, then you can open up and do business. And that's the whole life cycle. And so if you want to uh, you, you do well on the global stage, I think you have to really factor in culture and language. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a window into the soul. Someone else, so Cuba, exactly. yeah. Let's let's talk about Cuba. We got uh, about <laughs> nine more minutes left in the show, so nice. All you all listeners right, so out here, here I, I am of Cuban heritage, as Ivan knows. We got into this conversation over the last couple of weeks. He is fluent in Spanish, and for those of you listening on iTunes, you know, you can't see him right now, but those of you on Blab, imagine, <laughs> imagine Ivan putting on a pair of Ray Bands and a black suit, and you've got Mr. 305 Pitbull. There we go. <laughs> this guy. Fluent in Spanish. Orale, mano. He has a really cool vision for take it away. Uniting what was it? Uniting uh borders through the internet. All right, yeah, basically that's it. So uh, I'm all in on live streaming. You guys are all in on live streaming, especially you know, uh Tayo, Carlos, and everybody that's listening in on Blab. So the way I see it is after my conference at Periscope Summit, after visiting a Blab headquarters, I think we're ripe for time to do a live streaming conference in Havana, Cuba, uh, where the theme is how live streaming and social media breaks down national borders. Because right now, uh, the reason why I, I choose Cuba is because the United States just opened up diplomatic relations with, uh, you know, with Cuba. So now I know it's early in the process and there's probably still visa requirements and all these things that have to still play out. But literally in the last week, talking to Carlos, talking to a lot of folks in the Periscope community, the BLAP community, and I was kind of polling folks to see the level of interest. And I think there's sufficient level of interest for me to start moving forward in identifying, you know, the hurdles and what needs to be be done for setting up a conference sometime next year uh, in, in Havana where potentially we can we can get some big name sponsors to create the infrastructure necessary to be able to live stream and show how, you know, Cuba is now opening itself up to, you know, it's been open to 
a lot of the world, but not not North America and you know the Western world. So that'll give an opportunity for like T-Mobile. John Legere is a big live streamer to potentially create some towers that you know 4G LTE towers. It only require a few, right? And then have Airbnb potentially host the event in terms of having people stay at an Airbnb suites and then maybe Uber providing the transportation in and around Havana. And then, so that brings value and benefit to those companies. But on the flip side, it brings value to Cuba because it'll be one of the first ways for people to see how they can integrate themselves into social media, into the world, global economy from Cuba because currently they don't have that, that, that good of an internet connection. And if you want to be successful in today's world, you have to have a, a decent internet connection. And I think that that conference will definitely the, be, be the, the conference to start that developing that infrastructure. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Actually, let me ask the, the, the folks that are in here. What do you guys think? Garbage or okay? Yeah, what, do you, what do you guys think on the side? Uh, on the side? <laughs> I mean, look. I th I think I think I think why not? That's what I'm thinking. So, the live streaming I think is just at the beginning of whatever it could potentially be. Um, so you know whether it's to to help you know, I, I bridge borders might, or that might be the beginning of the movement where the world, especially the streamers, probably start to look to elect who knows a president of the internets. Because think about it, if you're removing if you're remove if you are ah. removing borders or you're bridging borders through the internet through live stream. Think about it. possibilities are endless. Who governs that? I can't. <laughs> right? Was it? Yeah, I C A N N. Well, is the one that controls the internet. That's yes, some next that's level true. thinking that's right true. there. But to to to, to sort of bring it back like, here. Let's bring it back we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, Oh no. <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the reality guy. So, so if we if we are since we're closing here and we wanted to continue this dialogue, talk about a way to connect through internet across borders. Where can we find you, Ivan? And then where can we uh, reach out to to see what you're up to and plug your shows? Boom. Okay, so I have my branded dot me website is just uh, again. I just hired my full time guy, so he's going to start working on all these things. But IvanRakeland.com, you can find me. And Twitter, if you want to engage with me, Twitter, uh, DM me if you want, uh, if you have any questions or you need any help with something that I might be able to help out with. Let's see. My shows, Sunday nights at 9, Startup Mastermind. This is Eastern Standard Time, p.m. Uh, Monday nights, Where Nothing is Foreign, 9 p.m. Tuesday, DC Tech, 9 p.m. Wednesday, Sharing Economy. Thursday, uh, Blab Lawyers. And Saturday, I'm changing it up, but I'm going to have my five shows on Saturdays. I'm going to cut them short to like half hour uh, because there's not that much engagement when it comes to international stuff. So right. it's, uh, it's right. Chinese language, culture, cuisine, music, basically talk about you know, Asia. Uh, and then we do it uh, Arabic, French, Spanish, and Russian. Not in that order, but basically that's, that's what I do on Saturdays. It's kind of an eclectic mix so that I can identify. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, we're doing it for – for networking and business purposes. So it's literally once once you create a title on a blab, that literally starts to attract your funnel. I mean, your business funnel. So like people are interested in that subject naturally. They go in there and determine if Ivan Raiklin or Ty Roxon or Carlos Gill is somebody that they think it brings them value. And then if they feel that, then you basically say, hey, you know, subscribe on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and uh, submit the following text to 33444, like the sharing economy newsletter that I do. Sharing economy. And it gives you, and it gives you a piece of content to share out, <laughs> right. which, you know, which is important, right? So to your point, you know, Blab is great because before you even launch your event, you can be promoting on social media, you can be talking about it. So you know, on that note, before we wrap up, Ivan, our last segment here on the Hustle Culture Podcast is where we give our guests an opportunity to pitch themselves, right? So you just talked about the events that you host, right? Which is where we can find you, but this is more, think Shark Tank, right? So I'm Mark Cuban and Tayo is, uh, gosh, I always forget his name, the guy from, from FUBU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm going to be the black guy. Wait, David I'm John. to be the black <laughs> So Ivan, you got 30, you got 30 I seconds. I wish I, I wish I could be Chris Saka. 
That's a name I didn't drop yet. Chris Saka, Super there Angel. You, you just, you just name dropped an, another, another uh, celeb in the uh, VC uh, <laughs> community. So anyways, you got 30 seconds, Ivan. Go. This one's easy. I don't need 30 seconds. So, hey, my name is Ivan Reichlin. I'm going to teach you how to be a subject matter expert in any subject for free in 30 days. Bam. That's it. Bam. Hashtag real talk. Okay. Well then, um, I, I <laughs> sign me up first of all. And that's Basically, Ivan those three hacks that I showed you. That was the three <laughs> hacks that I told you about. We'll literally do that for you. Right. Gotcha. No, I, I already started getting those apps and we're definitely going to put that in the show notes, which you can get at where can Carlos? Get on iTunes. We're also on Facebook, on Twitter, and Stitcher and Lipson. Thank you. Thank you, Ivan, for coming on. Thank you, Carlos, for being my amazing oh, host as usual. I love you guys. And as I always say, as I always say, use your difference to make a difference. Fist bumps. Boom. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.